He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd Hole. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, and Sam Humphreys with you as always. And, of course, we are the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org right now where you can find the story that is the inspiration for today's show. This is a special show as we announce the Oklahoma Golf Hall of Fame 2021 class. And joining us today, none other than Craig Humphreys himself, the hump man. Craig, glad you could join us. Always good to be with you, Kobe. Absolutely. Sam. Yeah, it was a pleasure to have you. (laughs) A lot of fun. We figured that we would not be doing this Hall of Fame class justice if we only had three guys who were born after 1990 (laughs) to talk about this Hall of Fame class. You needed an old guy. We needed someone with more experience, (laughs) and you are that that gentleman. So the 2021 Hall of Fame class for Oklahoma golf, Scott Verplank, Art Proctor, Danny and David Edwards, and Floyd Farley. This is, guys, really a heck of a class. We had Scott Verplank on last week. I encourage everybody to go listen to that. And uh, just a, a great class for Oklahoma golf here for 2021. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, you just look at the names. I mean, Scott Verplank, who's maybe the biggest name in Oklahoma golf itself. And then you go on with the Edwards brothers and then um, Floyd Farley, who a lot of people don't realize designed a lot of the golf courses around here. Um, A lot of the public golf courses, uh, I know Quill Creek he designed and um, some, I know he designed Lake Hefner South and some other ones. And then Art Proctor, a legendary instructor out at uh, Kicking Bird in Edmond, um, which is just right down the road from where we're at currently. So, I mean, it's just uh, some of the best, uh, the best candidates you could think possible to get inducted into the class have been this year, which is, really saying something yeah you know it's it's really impressive and obviously scott in my opinion is the best golfer to ever come out of oklahoma um and and like danny edwards and david edwards i think are two of the most underrated players that people don't necessarily talk about from oklahoma and everything um but dad uh dad i i guess it's always craig humphrey sam humphrey wondering if there's a connection we just figured that out but we didn't just have Craig or my dad, the hump man on. We didn't just have the hump man on today uh, because he's my dad. We had him on because you're actually a part of the Hall of Fame committee and and making those decisions and everything. And and you you know about these guys. You've watched these guys. You're a little older. And I was just, uh, I guess my first question is, you know, like, um, what does the committee look at? Like, and and, and did, when you went through these guys, like, uh, what were their uh, qualifications to get into the Hall of Fame and everything, and what did they kind of look at? See, he, he's not being truthful. The first question he asked me yesterday was, Scott Verplank's not in the Hall of Fame. What are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> What's up with him? That, that's exactly what I said. That's so good. Listen, all I can say is I've been pushing for Scott Verplank for many years, and there's a lot of different things to consider. Um, like, you know, they try to have like an Oklahoma City flavor when it's going to be held in Oklahoma City, uh, a, a Tulsa flavor when it's going to be held in Tulsa, things like this. Um and, and so you 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 got to have a balance between you know uh, living nominees and 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 those who have passed away and things like that. But hey, no, Scott Verplank is is obviously the headliner of this class. I mean, he he's a no brainer. But I'm with you guys on, on David and Danny Edwards. Uh, I I really didn't know Danny. I knew David pretty well, and I got a good friend, Derry Myers, who's very good friends with with David Edwards, and so. 
uh, I got to be around David some, and both of them, just the work ethic of these guys. Uh, David Edwards, you, you talk about a grinder. Um, th- there's a reason that, that he was out there so long and won so much money and won big events. David won big events like the Memorial and, and like the L.A. Open and so forth. Uh, won the NCAA championship uh, at OSU in ni- 1978. Uh, these guys are really accomplished. And, and then it's a neat deal that on the same year that you have David and Danny Edwards going in, uh, Art Proctor also being honored as part of this class because Art Proctor is the, you know, was chosen to be the first head pro at Kicking Bird back in 1971. And that's where, you know, David and, and, and Danny learned to play the game. And so it's, it's, I think it's fitting that, that Art Proctor is, is honored on the, the same year that, that uh, David and Danny Edwards. So, no, it, it, it's a great class, and we'll get to Floyd Farley, I'm sure. Yeah, and really the connections, you talked about that connection between David and Danny Edwards and Art Proctor, but even Floyd Farley, it's all connected. David and Danny Edwards grew up playing at Kicking Bird Golf Course in Edmond. That golf course was designed by Floyd Farley, and they learned the game there from the course's first head professional, Art Proctor. It, it's just amazing how that all tied in with those four guys, and now they go into the Hall of Fame all in the same class uh, that's pretty special for the state of Oklahoma and I also have to imagine that David and Danny Edwards it'll be really special for those two brothers to go yeah. into the class at the same time uh, I know that they actually won a PGA Tour event together uh, uh, what was it the, the Walt uh, Disney yeah, yeah the team, the, yeah. team championship yeah yeah 1980 <clears throat> and that was actually David's first win on the PGA Tour so I would imagine that, that for those two brothers it'll be very special for Danny and David to go into this class together yeah yeah Danny uh, the older brother and, you know, when you're following your older brother to OSU and, and your older brother's a, a two-time first-team All-American, two-time Big 8 champion, you know. Um, and Walker so, Cupper as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very accomplished. You know, a, a lot of guys might shy away from that, decide to go to a different school or whatever. But, but David not only followed him to OSU, but then uh, to win five times. You know, Danny wins five times on the uh, – on the PGA Tour, well, then for David to come out like we talked about and for him to also have the success that he had uh, on the tour after he won that that team championship in 1980, I mean, like I said, he wins the 84 LA Open, 92 Memorial, the 93 MCI uh, Heritage. David was always known as a guy, he he would play some great golf in the spring, you know, and, 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 you know, the time summer comes around he, he had already won I, I bet he won a high percent uh, high percentage of his money before June 1st every year and then hmm. and then David I mentioned he was no one would work harder when it's time to work than David but I think David enjoyed his uh, you know driving his motorcycles and so forth <laughs> and doing all those those things uh, then he really enjoyed playing golf and so you know it was just a job to him as far as, I mean, it was just, okay, I'm going to go make my money. When I've made my money, I'm going to go have fun the rest of the year. That, that was David Edwards. Yeah, no, that seems like, uh, you know, kind of it's interesting how two brothers who can have kind of contradicting styles of how to go about the game can have very similar success and just goes to show that there's more than more, more than one way to do it. And it's funny that you reiterated um, their hunt man about, uh, about, you know, wanting to do it for a job as opposed to loving it. And, you know, it leads me and I want to talk about Floyd Farley a little bit just because 
of just the impact that I don't realize a lot of people had on him, and I didn't even really notice until I started doing my research. I mean, it's reading all some of these courses, guys. I mean, we got Quail Creek, uh, we got La Fortune, we got John Conrad, Kicking Bird, obviously, Romano's, um, Lou Wentz, which is in Ponca City, um, Adams Golf Club up in uh, Bartlesville. I mean, these are golf courses, guys, that we've all played numerous times. I add up all these. I probably played over 150 times these golf courses whenever you add them all up. And, I mean, this is someone, guys, who, I mean, obviously, um, Perry Maxwell is the most known golf course architect around here, I would say. Mm -hmm. But Floyd Farley, very, very underrated when you look at his track record, huh, man? Well, and you mentioned, yeah, and and you could have gone on and on with mentioning more like Mohawk and Tulsa. I know you guys have uh, uh, played tournaments up there. You know, John Conrad that you mentioned, that uh, Hefner South. I was driving over here, and I called Steve Carson – uh, who's the director of golf at, at Lincoln Park uh, and on our first tee board, just a great guy. But I thought, am I, am I just re- remembering this right? That I, I thought that Floyd Farley designed Hefner South. And you mentioned that, T-Dub, and, and Steve said, yeah, he, he definitely did uh, design you know, Hefner South. Uh, he, he came to Oklahoma in 1931 and became the head pro at Twin Hills. You know, at, at a young age, he's the head pro at Twin Hills, which was a Perry Maxwell design. Another side note that Steve, t- I, I, I asked Steve, and I said, now, he didn't design the Lincoln courses. He said, no, Art, Art Jackson, you know, designed Lincoln Park. But he said, interesting note regarding Perry Maxwell, that on the East course, Art Jackson was, was a, a good friend of Perry Maxwell. And evidently, Perry Maxwell uh, spent a lot of time helping Art Jackson when he was designing the East Course. And as Steve said, you can see some of Perry yeah. Maxwell in, in some of the design yeah. of, of Lincoln East. Mm-hmm. So I never knew that. But anyway, but back to Floyd Farley. Uh, no, to, to be the, the head pro at Twin Hills, like you said, to design Quail Creek. I mean, two of the better club courses, you know, that we had. And, and, and people forget back in the day, Quail Creek had – a PGA Tour event, right? Twin, Twin right. Hills did as well. Yeah. Um, I believe uh, Arnold Palmer won out. Hosted a PGA. Twin Hills hosted they did, a, yeah, a yeah. PGA championship. And then uh, the uh, Quail Creek had the we, – we talked about the team championship. At one time, uh, they had a team championship at Quail Creek, and Arnie and Jack – Played that were, were paired together as partners. That's oh phenomenal. wow! <laughs> did they so win? Awesome. Do you remember if they it, won? I want to say they did not, but I can't remember. <laughs> I about to shout to beat. Out, you guys shout out to the up. duo who beat Jack Nicklaus and Arnold Palmer. <laughs> I'm going to look this up real quick. What would it be called? Early to mid '60s. I don't know. I don't. I mean, you know, it, they they did have some Oklahoma City Opens. I know at, at Quail Creek also, but but uh, no. So Floyd Farley uh, did that, and then. As Ken McLeod uh, said in his research when he announced this this class, Farley escorted A.W. Tillinghouse on a visit to Oklahoma, which was a trip that resulted in the designs for Tulsa Country Club and the Oaks. And, and Floyd Farley was with A.W. Tillinghouse. You know, who's the designer of, of Baltusrol? I mean, we could go on and on with... Very with famous golf very course famous, architect. Uh, yeah. yeah, golf course architect. Uh so and and he also credited uh, Perry Maxwell and William Bell being also influences uh, on his career. So I mean, when 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 guys like A. W. Tillinghouse and Perry Maxwell, now I did look that are I, mentoring you. I looked you know. this up and I can't find the team event right now. But the Oklahoma City Open, Arnold Palmer won in nineteen fifty nine. But that was at Twin Hills. That, okay. Yeah. I was okay. just going to throw know, that out there. Uh, yeah, I know I'll keep a while looking. back, too, I saw a picture of Arnold Palmer. I think it was on Lincoln West 
playing Lincoln West back in the day in some wow. like exhibition that they had. Wow, that's cool. And he was teeing off on maybe number 10. It was at Lincoln West. Maybe it was even 18. I think he was teeing off. You could see it, the, the wow. background of the hole going up the hill there. So pretty cool to think of some of the greats who've come through some of these golf courses in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, and a lot of them, a guy like Floyd Farley was a part of. Well, and, and <clears throat> T.W., you mentioned uh, Bartlesville, Adams uh, Golf Club in Bartlesville, Lou Wentz in Ponca City, uh, the John Conrad, Romano's, uh, and, and, and dozens more. I mean, he designed more than 100 courses, 40, uh, you know, courses that in, just in the state of Oklahoma. I mean, that's that's leaving your imprint on golf in this state. Yeah. I found it. Uh, in 1968, it was called the PGA National Team Championship uh, at Quail Creek. George Archer and Bobby Nichols okay. won by two shots over Monty Caser and – Rives McBee. Where are you see Jack and Arnie anywhere? Reeves McBee. Reeves McBee. Jack and Arnie anywhere yeah. on the leaderboard? Or are they down <laughs> they, a place? They, didn't, they only put the Bobby winners Nichols and runner up. Okay. a player. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. And George Archer, of course, who won a Masters. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, obviously, the, the 2021 class here for the Hall of Fame, incredibly prestigious. Also prestigious, the Diffie Ford Lincoln team. Pleased to announce that they won the prestigious President's Award for 2020. The Diffie team is very honored to win this award because it's based on sales and service, and that is what they pride themselves on, service after the sale. The Ford and Lincoln brand only give this award out to the top dealers in the nation, and the Diffie organization is the only dealer in the entire state of Oklahoma that received this award in both Ford and Lincoln in the same year. So, whether you're looking for the all-new 2021 F-150 or the all-new Lincoln Navigator, give the Diffie family a try, a place where you can deal directly with with the owner, Lane Diffie, and also a place where you will never feel any pressure to buy. Diffie Ford Lincoln, just 15 minutes west of the Metro, serving Oklahoma for 67 years. Taylor, you got something you're looking at here? Yeah, Hunt, man, you know, I, I just, I'm, I want to get into, like you mentioned earlier, kind of the, obviously everyone in this class is obviously deserving, but the mainstay is Scott Verplank. Kind of like Sam said, how is he not already in the Oklahoma Golf Hall of Fame? It's almost like he, he whenever he won the USAM out at Oak Tree, won the, or won the PGA event when he was an amateur, he probably should have been inducted at that time. <laughs> you, know, you know, looking back on it. <laughs> in 1985? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And he's been on, what we say, four or two Ryder Cups, two President's Cups, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, his track record speaks for himself, and he was very generous with the time that he gave us for an interview when he gave a lot of really tremendous feedback on some of the stuff that he's been going through Real, real quick, T-Dub, just so people know, this Oklahoma Golf Hall of Fame isn't that old. Like, it's only, how old is it, Dad? Like, six or seven years? Oh, right? yeah, like uh, 20, yeah, six or seven years old. And, and credit Everett Dobson uh, for, you know, having the idea to, and, and, and when, when they decided to come up with the Oklahoma Golf Hall of Fame, there was already a women's golf Hall of Fame. So that was folded in to what became the Oklahoma Golf Hall of Fame. And, and so, yeah. That, that I mean to induct him back in eighty four or five. I mean that was before there was even the whole. <laughs> yeah, time, it's hard to get inducted into yeah. something that doesn't exist yet, right? <laughs> so you know, well, nevertheless, you know, just going back to to Scott and just how great of a golfer he really was. And you know, one th- one side note before I get into his playing career, he has started some broadcasting stuff with CBS, which I think will will definitely. I think he'll help CBS crew a lot because we've kind of critiqued CBS in the past. I think Scott will give a lot of a lot of really good commentary for CBS. But kind of hunt man, just going to a little bit of. Scott's uh, playing background, and what are some of your favorite memories from watching him um, kind of progress through his career? Well, you know, obviously for those that don't know, I mean, you know, he, he grew up in Dallas and, you know, then, then you know, came to OSU. Uh, my favorite memory is I, I was there when he won that USAM at what, what is now Oak Tree National, uh, beat Sam Randolph, closed him out on the 15th hole, 15th green there at uh, Oak Tree National. Um, <clears throat> but but obviously, just as a golf fan, 
you know, to remember that, like you've, you've mentioned it, T-Dub, I mean, he wins a PGA Tour event, and it wasn't just a tour event. The Western Open, I want to emphasize to people what a big tournament that was at the time. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I'd probably reference it to probably the same weight as like the Memorial or the Arnold Palmer does now. Kind of not not necessarily major-esque field, right. but that tier right below, maybe even WGC-esque that we're seeing this week at the match play. It was on the level right below the majors, you know, at, at that time. So maybe, I don't know, the maybe not the players, but I think that those are great comparisons with the invitationals like the the uh, Memorial, the, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, that was a big deal, in other words. And to win that when when you're a college student, are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. Yeah, you know, just make a comparison. We were, um, if we compare it to Bay Hill, which is, I think, a very good comparison, we had the best tour players in, in the world going at it. Could you just imagine an amateur winning at Bay Hill? What, yeah. How big the golf world would freak out now, like if a college player went out and did that? I think it'd just be astronomical. So, no, but what I remember of Scott, obviously, um, tremendous putter. I mean, back in, in his day, I mean, just a, a unbelievable putter. Um, the, the putter that the airlines <clears throat> damaged beyond repair, by the way. Story he told you guys. Scott tells yeah. the whole story. Go, go, everybody go listen to that episode last week if you haven't yet. With Oklahoma Golf Hall of Famer, soon to be, as soon as he's inducted, yep. Scott Verplank. Yeah, he, he did a great job, obviously, with you guys and was so nice <clears throat> with his time, but... But, uh, no, what he did as an amateur, you know, Mike Holder says it here, where he says that he regarded Verplank as the best collegiate player ever. Now, Mike Holder has seen more college golf than just about anybody. And he said, with the possible exception of Phil Mickelson. <laughs> but, <laughs> Phil, but, but, Phil, but, Phil was the other guy that, that yeah. won, obviously, a PGA Tour event. Holder you know, had to throw a little college. tough love in there at the end. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right. <laughs> well, he won nine times just when he was at, at OSU. But seriously, we, we always talk about, Sam, you know, the great junior career of, of, of Willie Wood. Yeah. Well, that as far as an amateur career, really, he is up there with Mickelson. You know, uh, Tiger, obviously, I mean, winning three U.S. juniors, three USAMs. I mean, you know, th- that's not going to be matched. But but to do everything that he did as as an amateur, I mean, not only – Tiger never won a PGA Tour event. Yeah, as an yeah not only winning a PGA Tour event, he won the NCAA in, in 86 when OSU also won the team championship. So he won – USAM has an NCAA title, but also won the Porter Cup twice – Swept the Western Am, the, the, the Porter Cup, the Sunnyhan. And in 1985, he won all of them. As a junior, he was the AJGA Junior Player of the Year in 1982. As an amateur, he won the Texas State Am, which I imagine that's, you know, that's probably got a pretty good field. Won the Texas State Am in, in 82, 84, and 85 when he was in college. Uh, no, he was a, a tremendous Am. And then, as you guys talked about, uh, you know, he bat- Scott Verplank battled a bunch of adversity, right, yeah. guys? Mm-hmm. A lot. Yeah, I mean, uh, everything that he dealt with, with diabetes, he had, you know. Shoulder right, and elbow. Well, not and only that, yeah. right in the middle of his career, in his yeah. mid-30s, he had an el- he had elbow surgery in what was 1996 or 97 that really sidelined him for basically yep. a full, a full yep. year. And, I mean, that's right in the prime of his career. And he was able to get back, and I think he won three times on the tour after he had the elbow yep. surgery. And elbow, can- wrist. Yeah, and yeah. you, and you got to credit Scott Verplank, too. We always talk about the Oak Tree Gang. Well, he was like one of the first ones that came back and stayed at Oak Tree, and and mm-hmm. they were like, if it's good enough for Verplank, then it's good enough for me. It's still That's happening right. to this day. 
like Brant Job came two years ago. The reason why? Because Verplank said it was good enough for him, so it's good enough for Brant Job. You know what I mean? And so that's right. you got to kind of credit down to the young guys, and I it's mean, trickled down to yeah. the young guys. Good, but Scott, Paul Hovland, all yeah, those guys, Scott and Tway, and all those guys that stayed around here. You got to give them a bunch of credit for keeping Oak Tree uh, pretty prestigious and what it is today. But that my qu- my next question for you with with Verplank, where would you rank him? Not only as far as just golfers, you can answer that too, but as far as athletes to ever come out of the state of Oklahoma. I mean, where did where do you think he ranks up there? I know that's kind of off the top of your head, and you might not think of some, but but do you think that he's up there as far as like top ten athletes to ever come out of the state? I mean that that is a great question. I mean, athletes out of the state of Oklahoma. I mean, obviously, there's a you, ton. You always start with Jim Thorpe, and yeah. number one, yeah. 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 yeah, number one, and then. You know, where, where you go from there with Mickey Mantle and Barry Sanders would have to be high on the list, yeah. you know, right? That's probably your top and, three in no particular order. You can you can arrange those. Thor probably has to be one. Yeah. Two and three could be Mantle or Sanders in and whatever And we haven't even gotten to any them. OU football yeah. players yet. Right. So, right. I mean, it's a good point. Yeah. That's, a, that's a big <laughs> argument in itself. But my point is, he's but, up I mean, there. I mean, Verplank could be in the top ten, my, though. If my we point actually, is, he's up there somewhere. I would like for Scott Verplank to defend himself against OU football players. That would be, <laughs> that would be a podcast because, right there. Yeah. Hey, because this guy, the thing I like about Scott Verplank, and I haven't known him all my, like when I, back in 84, when I'm watching him, it wasn't because I was a buddy of his. But your I friendship a, with him has just started in the past 15 years or that, so. That's right. But, and, and and really in the last, you know, eight, eight, 10 years, really to become a friend where, where he's going to be texting me on Saturday night during college football season, <laughs> you know, on what, on what he's watching, that type of thing. Because this guy, the, the reason I like him so much, he is a sports fan. He is a fan. And, Kobe, you know, I mean, he was a mainstay on, on the sidelines. I mean, he was like almost an assistant coach. In Stillwater? Yeah. Yeah, in yeah. Stillwater with, yeah. with, with the Cowboys. He, he's been great coming back to Oklahoma State. And I know o- Oklahoma State family loves Scott yeah. for playing. Tell him a little backstory. Just Scott will be out on the range hitting balls. You'll walk up. And it's not like you're bothering, bothering him. He, he walks to you and starts talking college football. And I'm like – does Scott ever hit balls? You know, <laughs> my whole deal is try not to bother these guys when they're out there. I know th- this is their job; they're working. I tried to just say hi, not to bother them, but no, many times. I mean, I've, we've gotten into discussions Hundreds. that have lasted thirty minutes or longer. <laughs> you know, out of his practice time. But and and then I did we talk about him being the diabetic? I mean, yeah, you know, briefly, yes. Yeah, but just, I mean, but that's that's a big big deal and. And, and to, to balance that with all the travel right. that he was doing and, right. and just playing on the tour, the, just the physical exertion, because I don't think people realize you get in for a tour event and, and it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, practice rounds, pro-ams, everything, and then four days of 72 holes of golf. It's an exhausting week. And for someone dealing with type 1 diabetes like he did uh, for the majority of his life, it's just it, it's really impressive what he was able to do. But, but the comeback he made, like you said, Kobe, after missing a whole season, missed the entire 97 season, after having elbow surgery, and, you know, his numbers, I mean, you guys are, are you know, uh, stat experts now with all the breakdown of what you do. Back at that time, I mean, he was the shortest and and he was the, the wildest driver of the ball at that time for that year just because he was hurt. He yes. was injured. And, and to come back from that, a lot of people thought he would never be the same again. And then – to come back and win five times and win big events like like the Byron Nelson and so forth, which was such an emotional because 
he he was so close uh, to Byron Nelson. And, 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 and by the way, wife. it was the first Byron Nelson after Byron Nelson after he passed. died. Yes, that's right. Yeah. It was, it was that's very right. important. I mean, I've, I've read about what Scott Verplank has said about winning that tournament, and it meant a whole, whole lot to him to win it the, the first time it was played after Byron passed. Yeah. And then when I would argue for Scott Verplank, you know, being in the hall, not that I had to argue because no one's arguing against Scott Verplank. <laughs> uh, but, but two Ryder Cup and two – show me someone else from this state that's played in two Ryder Cup teams and two Presidents' And then Cup been teams. vice captain on yeah. one or two teams. And by the way – And had a good he record. Was good. Yeah, he, he had was a, good. Yeah, he had a really Cups. good record. Yeah. The guy that, – that just shows his, his mental toughness. It showed the competitor in Scott Verplank comes out in match play, right? And yes. it also shows how well-liked he was between people yes. as well. That's yes. right. No doubt about you, it. You're no not getting invited to come back and be a vice captain and people don't like you. Yeah. I don't think Patrick Reed's going to be a vice captain. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he changes his reputation a bit. Why, why don't we do this, guys? Why don't we take a quick break? Okay. Let's come back on the other side. We've got more on the Hall of Fame for you as we break down these, these amazing uh, nominees for the Oklahoma Golf Hall of Fame. And then uh, we will also dive a little bit into what's happening in Austin, Texas with the match play this week. We'll also update the PGA Tour U rankings because you might remember Garrett Reband got a win last week in Arizona, and it has shaken up the PGA Tour U rankings. So that's all coming up. Stay with us here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof. It is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back. Rolling along here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Make sure you head over to golfoklahoma.org if you want to read up more about these uh, soon-to-be members of the Oklahoma Golf Hall of Fame, the 2021 class. They'll be inducted November 21st at Oklahoma City Golf and Country Club. You can find more information about all of that, golfoklahoma.org, and then check out the story about this year's class, the class of 2021. Uh, gentlemen, Art Proctor, we talked about it briefly earlier. He was a, a teacher, a professional, a coach, a course designer, a competitor. He, you know, he was just unbelievable in the state of Oklahoma. And we mentioned that he coached Danny Edwards, David Edwards, did a lot of work with those guys. And he had a remarkable career uh, and did a lot for the game of golf in the state of Oklahoma, including helping save the Oklahoma Open, allowing the Oklahoma Open to thrive and to turn into the tournament that it is now. And, Craig, I mean, this guy, uh, he's responsible for a lot of the good things that have happened in the state of Oklahoma golf. Yeah, he was not only a, a great teaching pro. Um, Art Proctor was a character and, and and also a salesman. Like you said, Kobe, the reason that he saved the Oklahoma Open, he was able 
to to sell guys like the Edwards brothers and like Dr. Gilmorgan and Doug Tool and Tom Jones and Bob Tway and so forth. He sold those guys on getting together and, and playing in a state open, you know, after, you know, uh, basically, you know, it had uh, fallen for many years. And so, um, yeah, did that. All those guys that I just mentioned won at Kicking Bird. And then the tournament moves to Oak Tree Country Club with the back, got the backing of the Daily Oklahoma, and it's, it's still played there today. But, but yeah, you can thank Art, Art Proctor that we have, uh, one of the best state opens in the country. Um, but uh, what he did at Kick, I mean, Kicking Bird, I've always said, is one of the great public courses. Not, I mean, we're, we're blessed. Yeah, not, right? just, not just around here. Kicking Bird, like I've played golf, you know, whether it be in Tulsa or Kansas City, a lot, you know, and you don't find public courses right like Kicking Bird. You know what I mean? You almost feel like you're playing a country club. Well, and the layout is phenomenal. You know, the 18th hole is hardest hole in the course coming uphill like that, but even nine coming up to the parking lot, the par five, which I think might turn into a par four in the new redesign. Some of the renderings that I've seen, it's going to be redesigned. Kicking Bird holds a special place in my heart. Uh, It's my only hole in one. Was it Kicking Bird on the third hole out there? So it's a great golf course. I love Kicking Bird. And it's pretty cool that two of these guys, Art Proctor and then, uh, um, you know, Floyd, uh, uh, Floyd Farley, uh, he designed Conrad as yeah. well. And yeah. both those courses are getting redone this year because yeah, they're right. such staples in the city that they're going to still be making money years and years later. Absolutely. But, well, and then he had an assistant, a young guy that was headed up his junior golf program by the name of Mike McGraw. You guys <laughs> might have heard of him? Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, he, he evidently he could pick an assistant well also. But um, and, and then also on Art Proctor, uh, what what they what Ken had the note in here that at age 44 in 1984, at the age of 44, Art Proctor set a Guinness Book of uh, World Records by playing 414 holes of golf in one day. In one day, <laughs> that's, that's what I was going to ask about. It's, uh, they cleared the course, right? I, I think they had to. I mean, yeah, what about they had, had to have? What about so? Or, or maybe he's just playing through. Maybe it was agreed that now. I tell you what, Mike McGraw is the guy to ask because I want to say that Mike McGraw was driving the cart that day. That's what I was going to say. Is yeah. I had heard that Mike McGraw was driving the cart that day too, and you see, you hear four hundred fourteen holes in one day. You're like, no way in hell can anyone play fourteen four hundred and fourteen holes in one day, except for the fact of. I was playing with Mike McGraw. Well, yeah, he did it because he's the most honest guy on this planet or any other <laughs> planet. No if he's that. your witness, yeah. Yeah. And, well, and it says here too, Hump Man. I mean, just so just for the exact time. So he started at 5.46 a.m. and finished his <laughs> 23rd round at 8.51. 23 rounds in one day. But J.B. Holmes good. would still and be on number seven. Par. He yeah. shot six under six for the under day. 23 rounds. That's a good point, Sam. How, from 5.46 a.m. to 8.51 p.m., how many holes could J.B. Holmes get in? <laughs> <laughs> Seven and a half. Twelve, yeah. maybe. Uh, <laughs> well, but and my thing is, too, it's it's a then Guinness. Who, who played more than 414 holes in a day? I mean, I mean that is some dedication. It does say you, you have then to, Guinness Book of Records. Yeah, I get the only the only thing that's plausible is you have to go to Alaska during the uh, summer where it's day. Oh, you yeah. know, it's day for 22 uh, yeah. hours. That's the only thing. But, I mean, to play 23 rounds of golf in, what is that? Uh, they says it averaged two minutes a hole. What? I, I really didn't know Art Proctor. I've met him since then, and, and a few times. One time I got to spend, uh, when I went up to uh, Oakland Hills, up in Detroit, 
uh, 2004 uh, Ryder Cup, and that's when I worked for the BBC on that one. But but Art was going up there uh, to that Ryder Cup and, and got to talk to him, you know, on, on the way up there and some up there. But just a tremendous guy. Tammy Proctor, his daughter, was a very good player who married uh, Billy Mayfair. Wow. Um, but, no, the, the – uh, you know, Art Proctor, his family, they, they mean so much to golf in Oklahoma. And the guy was a player, too. He, he played in, in 20 major championships, three PGA championships, a couple of senior opens, five British Open senior championships, 10 PGA championships, and, and his best finish, tie for 16th, also played in 14 national club pro championships, and, finished third uh, one time there. And did we mention on that day that we'd have to fact check this, but wasn't he like six under on the day? for those 23 yeah, rounds? He, yeah, yeah. Like, so he wasn't just slapping no, it around. No, no, no. no he's not a hack no. out. No, 414 holes. And he was six under and on the day. six under. That is remarkable. I, I want to do some quick. What, what's, what's the part? Is, is par 70 at Kicking Bird? Is that uh, right? Yeah, par 70. I'm going to yeah. do the math. I want to know how many shots he actually hit in yeah. one day. Do That's it. what I'm going to so do. Do, 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 do the uh, shots on it's just, yeah. it's just, uh, They said he averaged two minutes per hole, but I mean, that's that's incredible. Anyway. Uh, hey, and while while you're talking about that, on the Edwards brothers, uh, to, to swing back to them, Danny Edwards, you know, this guy won five times on tour, but, but also was on a Walker Cup team. He was on the 73 Walker Cup team, was the low amateur that same summer in the Open Championship. He also won the 1972 North and South and the 1972 Southeastern Amateur. So, so Danny was also a great amateur player, like we said, two-time first-team All-American at OSU. But Danny also had an interesting career after his playing career. He was the original founder of Royal Grip, sold that and, and, and made a bunch of money there, and then d- had a, a divot repair company, Green Fix Golf, um, also had a series of videos you know, teaching proper chipping methods and so forth. The guy was very well-rounded, but also you know, uh, quite a promoter and, and businessman. Yeah, what's a uh, what's a poor chipper got to do to get a hold of these videos? That's, that's my question. What, uh, what kind of instruction are we getting here? Uh, yeah, I mean, great stuff with the Edwards brothers, and I'd be curious to know. I mean, I'm sure that they, for a long part of their lives, have been compared to each other, but I'm sure it's been like kind of a fun competition between the two of them. Just as they've progressed, you know, obviously Danny was a little bit older, so then David was kind of following in his footsteps. So I would imagine for them it's kind of been fun their whole lives to have kind of this fun competition amongst each other. But it's it, it seems to me like it'd be that brotherly love type thing, just kind of needling each other like, I want to win, but, you, you know, I would love for my brother to have success if I'm not yeah, the one who's yeah, getting it done. I, I think so, and, and, and I also – I've met – uh, their mom a number of times who, who was a great lady and and david if you know i mean danny was the more outgoing the elder brother david is is really a very quiet humble guy uh but but man you talk about a fire inside and a competitor and, and tom jones talked about it here where, where he said david was one of the most driven players ever at osu that he wasn't the best when he got here but he was when he left and and they talked about how he averaged 77.6 shots as a freshman down to 71.8 as a senior when, you know, he won the um, 78 NCAA championship. So, anyway, David Edwards, 
Tremendous guy, tremendous career. By the way, I'm noticing a theme here amongst Oklahoma State individual national champions in this Hall of Fame class. Tell you what, Oklahoma State's been playing some good golf for a long time, and Scott Verplank and and Danny and David Edwards were both a big part of that. And I was just going to make the point, you always hear about on the PGA Tour, like maybe some father and son connections on the PGA Mm -hmm. Tour, but you don't normally hear about brothers both being on the PGA Tour. Now we have Kepka, um, but like Chase, he's just getting started on the PGA Tour. We, We... I mean, how often do you get two brothers that had well, those honestly, kind of careers? The best siblings right now are probably on the LPGA tour oh, with, no, no, with no, Cordes, and Jessica Cordes, Cordes. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. We don't we don't get that very often, yeah. hardly at all. And of course, we've got Tim caddying for Phil, but that's very different. Obviously, yeah. that's just right. you, yeah, yeah, you know we have brothers cat. I think well, you know, but DJ's brother and yeah, law caddy. Yeah, Austin Harper, and DJ. Dad, do any brothers come up off the top of your head that have played some good golf in the past? Not not really. Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's special for David and Danny Edwards. And, and I the think A-Bear, it Well, Bear Brothers going way, way back, it's a little before my time, you know, uh, Lionel Bear, and I'm trying to think of the, of the L- brothers. A little before name, my but, yeah. time, too, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the Bryants, uh, Bart Bryant, you know. Yeah. The, yes, and, yeah. And, and his brother. So, anyway. Yep. There's yeah. been a few. Yeah, but my stuff, point is they're class. few and far between. Yeah, yeah they definitely yeah. are. Great class, the 2021 class. Again, it's Scott Verplank, Art Proctor, uh, Danny Edwards, David Edwards, and Floyd Farley. Those five will be inducted November 21st at Oklahoma City Golf and Country Club. Go to golfoklahoma.org. Check out everything uh, about these five and about the induction ceremony, tickets, uh, yeah, all tickets, everything like that. Uh, you you want to buy a sponsor's table, whatever. Yeah, just uh, they would appreciate your support. And again, yeah, November 21st, okay. See golf and country club. Yeah, absolutely. And by that time, we uh, I bet we'll be restriction free at that point. So go get you your bet. tickets, uh, and we'll have some fun at the Hall of Fame ceremony coming up in November. This is the seventy third hole. We are the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys with you as always, and then the legend Craig Humphreys joining us today to talk a little bit of golf in the state of Oklahoma, which of course includes some great collegiate golf at Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Uh, as we kind of turn the page now and look at the PGA Tour U rankings. It it was a big weekend this past weekend for both universities. Oklahoma State narrowly edges out OU to get the win in Tucson, but Garrett Reband as an individual won the tournament. And keep in mind, the way PGA Tour U is tiered, one through five is the, the big winners, and then six through 15 still get some status yeah. uh, on some of the lower tours. And Garrett Reband actually moved from six to second with his individual win over the weekend, which bumped Austin Eckroat down from third to fifth. Davis Thompson, University of Georgia, he's moved up now to third place. Uh, Quade Cummins going to have to play some good golf down the stretch. He's currently sitting in 12th in the PGA Tour U rankings, but it is getting really hot and heavy with PGA Tour U. A lot on the line in these last, what, probably seven, eight weeks of collegiate golf. Yeah, it was interesting to see how much Garrett Reband actually jumped from sixth to second. Um, that's also good news for Quaid. I mean, still has a chance being in 12th if he could throw a couple wins coming down the stretch. Um, it was also an interesting tournament last week because OSU won the tournament. They beat the number one ranked OU uh, Sooners, but... Austin Eckrow had his score dropped with a 75 in the last round, and so it wasn't really a good tournament for Austin Eckrow where it actually dropped him down in the individual rankings even though they won the team tournament. Yeah, because he's been at third. I mean, 
I think he's been sitting at third maybe since even the PGA Tour yeah. rankings debuted. Because I remember looking in the fall and he was third. And I looked in the winter and he was third. And I looked last week and he was third. And so now he's down to fifth. So going to have to play some good golf down the stretch. But, I mean, there there is a lot of golf left in the season. It's not oh, like yeah. these are the final rankings. And you'll have better ranking or better points for these regionals and, and, and national championship tournaments as well. Yeah, so that'll be huge. Should be. Yeah, and, and just put in perspective, this, this goes to show uh, that also, um, for one, John Pack has been playing super well. But the the point difference between John Packett, number one from Florida State, and Garrett Reband and number two is about the same difference between Reband at number two now and about the 13th place points in team. Uh, Pack has about a 150-point lead over Garrett Reband, And so that also goes to show two things. One is that Pack's been playing really well, but two is that there can be a lot of volatility in these rankings, guys. So, I mean, someone who's even Reband in two now is not secure to make the top five after Nationals is done. And so I think that any of these guys even down here going down to um, a prodigy of uh, Mike McGraw, Cooper Dossie, if, uh, if who's in 16th now, if he's able to win a tournament, I think he could easily jump in the top five as well. So, I mean, I just think there's a lot of volatility that can come within these, within these next few weeks, gentlemen. And it's not like Austin Eckroat has gone into some deep slump. I mean, he goes out and shoots 66, 69, and then one bad round of 75. Yeah. But it shows and how much it, yeah, it, it affects you. It shows how close yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah, it just shows how thin the margin is yeah. between – and, I mean, that's the well, thing. And it, There's, and, these well, are all elite college players yeah. who are vying for the top it, five. It just all has to do with how many ranked players you beat. And, unfortunately, Reband and Quaid both beat Eckroat this week, which – he didn't get enough points for. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So. No, you're you're 100% right. So and and, and Rhodes only 2 points up on Sandy Scott now in that fifth spot. Right, out of Texas Tech. So some really good golf being played uh in the Big 12 conference. Two of the top 5 are from the Big 12 uh and then Sandy Scott out of Texas Tech is sitting right there in six. Couple guys from SMU right below him. So a lot of guys in this region playing really good golf uh collegiately. Uh we'll we'll keep you updated throughout the season every week on what happens with the PGA Tour U rankings. Gentlemen, we do have a big tournament being played down in Austin, Texas, one of the most fun tournaments of the year to watch, especially the first few days where you get 32 matches a day as we come into round robin. And uh, the match play is rolling along. Let's get a Spieth Wolf update, shall we? Uh, Jordan Spieth currently two up through 16. So Spieth is dormy two on Matthew Wolf. He'll have to win both of those holes to avoid losing today's match, which, which would give Spieth a commanding 2-0 and record in that group, and he would control his own destiny tomorrow. So Spieth playing pretty good golf. Now, did you pick him this week, Kobe? I just might. I have picked him this week. Let's go, Well, me and Colby have the bet that Finau wins before Spieth. He has Spieth, and I have Finau. Yeah, and how's Finau doing today, I wonder? Finau uh, was not doing well yesterday. While you're looking at Finau. He's one up through 14, I think. Yeah, okay. Will's Alatoris. Hey, I do have to give a special shout-out to my guy, guy Antoine Tony Rosner. I mean, let's give him a round of applause. Antoine Rosner, baby. Took down Bryson. Hey, I – Hey. Now, I'm right gonna, now he's four down, though, to Tommy he, Hey, I want you to But he beat Bryson. Yeah. He beat Bryson. Yeah. And, hey, Tony, if you need me to make some digital trading cards, I'll, I'll, I'll look into it for you, bro. Uh, some <laughs> NFTs, some Antoine Rosner <laughs> NFTs. But yeah, some, so, yeah, some NFTs. But uh, UMKC, Ruup, that was pretty cool to see. That was, a, that was a very popular win, I think. Yeah, and it was. Not just with UMKC, but, I mean, I think a lot of people enjoyed Bryson uh, being taken I, I also there. enjoyed, I was watching the Golf Channel 
this morning, and they had, they had meet Tony Rosner or meet Antoine Rosner, you know, and they, and they were oh, like, you know, good. he's from France, but he's a big Kansas City Chiefs fan, you know. And I was <laughs> like, I loved it. I loved it. People are getting to know who Antoine is, and and the man can play some golf too. Yeah, I mean, he, no doubt he can. He's yeah. won twice on the European Tour in the last four months. Yeah, and if you haven't seen it, go to his Instagram, Antoine Rosner. I mean, he has one of the prettiest swings on tour. Uh, he really Sam, does. Sam was showing me a swing after we recorded. I think on uh, Monday or Tuesday, he's got a beautiful, beautiful golf swing. Guys, I think the surprise of the week so far for me is the group of Tony Finau, Will Zalatoris, Jason Kokrak, and Dylan Fratelli is being pretty heavily dominated by the former Texas Longhorn, Dylan Fratelli, who beat Tony Finau 6-5 and five yesterday and is now two up on Jason Kokrak through 12 holes. I mean, Dylan Fratelli, guy can hit the ball a long way. He's clearly comfortable in Austin, but I think he's sneaking up on a lot of people this week. And comfortable on that golf course that yes. they play a lot at the University of Texas, yeah. right? Which, by the way, you yeah. picked Scotty Scheffler too. Golf course. I did. I did have Scheffler, Scheffler coming out of his pool. Yeah. Uh, I know he won yesterday. He got. Uh, he might have. He, he's pl- play today. He's playing Andy Sullivan today. Andy Sullivan. Okay, and they haven't gotten started yet. Still a little earlier in the day, so a lot of these matches will get going later. But um, where, where's Austin? T-Dub. I, yeah, I, I want to ask T Dub this on because watching <laughs> it yesterday, you look at, at at holes number seventeen and eighteen, and you go, "Well, uh, these holes." I mean, eight, oh, sorry, eighteen's <laughs> only like like three hundred seventy <laughs> yards, mm-hmm. right? And so you're thinking, that's not a great match play hole, but it's been a tremendous match play hole. And we had so many matches come down to the 18th hole yesterday. But T-Dub, I, I know the, the commentators were being a little critical of so many uh, players hitting driver on, on 18 yesterday. What do you think? What what would be your strategy on that you hole? Know, you know, we were, we were talking about that before you got here, Hunt, man. I, th- I think it's very fascinating because, you know, you're, you're going in, if you if you get to 18, you're in, you're in two, three different circumstances. You're either one down, tied, or one up. Okay. And so that can obviously influence how you play the hole. But, you know, from watching it and watching it in the past, because I believe this is the fourth year or fifth year that they've had it there now, and it seems like, depending on the conditions, if you hit driver way down there, it's unless you – I think I saw Tommy Fleetwood was the only one yesterday who was able to hit it far enough to where he was on the upslope essentially in front of the green yeah. where he could control yeah. the shot. It just seems like everyone else hits it down in that rough or maybe even the or bunker. to the right, and it's a blind shot. Like Rosner had to hit it up over a tree from 60 That yards. was an amazing oh, what a golf, shot. What a golf, what a golf, shot, that golf shot that was. Yeah, it, 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 fabulous <laughs> shot. And so I think that you talk about the, the hole, and I, I think it's a great match play hole because, like I said – you're going into it with only three circumstances. Yeah. You can play it a lot of different ways. And, like, for example, I remember yesterday, I, one of my picks, Joaquin Neiman, was one up on the last hole going against guy who I pick every week, Christian Bazatenhut. And Bazatenhut lays up on top of the hill, hits it to 30 feet, and makes the putt for birdie. And uh, Neiman drove it down there, and then he didn't make birdie. And so, so many different ways to play it. I've seen guys drive it down there and make, um, what was it, Lanto Griffin was it yesterday who hit it, who hit it, uh, he was, drove it short of the green, then they hit it over the green. It over yeah. the green, then chunked, yeah. then chip chunk, shot. Then chunked yeah. the chip I, shot of foot. I personally, I like laying back a little bit on that hole. I just think it makes it a, a more simple hole because, I mean, you can push it down there, but it doesn't yeah. make your approach shot right. easier. I think it's a blind it, I, shot from down there. I think it kind of makes with, the yeah. approach shot yeah. tougher. With a small wedge yeah. that you can't spin a lot coming yeah. from yeah. the downslope to where you're hitting up, so your ball is technically coming in lower. And with where the pin, a lot of it too can depend on how man where the pin is because like yesterday, yeah. the pin is Right, front right, right, right. Of, or yeah. over the bunker, and you have to hit a 50-yard wedge shot over the bunker to a short side of pin. That's not very fun. It's a yeah. lot easier to hit a, 
a hundred or 120 yard shot. It's, it's, easier to, it's easier to control the spin on that. And so whenever you look at it analytically, it normally pays off to hit driver as much as you can, but there's a few holes out there. And I think 18 may be one of them where laying back really isn't the worst case scenario, unless you do the classic layup with an iron into the fairway bunker. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, Hey, I just wanted to mention a couple of things. Uh, with our picks. So, like, right now, my pick for the one and done and your pick for the one and done, Colby, are playing each other. And Sergio oh, is actually yeah. two up on my guy, Hatton. Yes, Gosh, sir. So, Sergio! And then, and then T-Dub, yesterday, you, you had Harmon coming out of one, of one of the groups, and Harmon actually made eight birdies and still lost to Patrick Cantlay, <laughs> yeah, I mean, which is, is unbelievable. Play. Play in and then Dad, and then you texted me, well, like, my dad texted me like it was a live show or something <laughs> when he was listening, and he's like, Webb, question mark? With, like, he, he wanted Webb coming out of that group. But, none none yeah. of us picked Webb. But what, by the way, that's a good group that's going to come down to tomorrow. Webb is actually two down he's right two now, down to and, Hughes. and, and yeah. our guy Taylor Gooch yeah. is tied with Paul Casey through seven. Yeah, Taylor Gooch did not have his best stuff yesterday. But he's still yeah. right there in it yeah. since Webb lost. Oh, yeah, Webb got him six and five. So if Webb loses losing. today, if Webb, loses, if yeah. Webb could lose today and Gooch could win today, then Gooch and it would be Gooch and McKenzie Hughes would have a huge match tomorrow. Uh, and then depending on what happened in the Webb Simpson-Paul Casey match, that would have some some definite, definite ramifications for Taylor Gooch and on some of the picks that we made. Dustin Johnson uh, took care of business yesterday. He's looking pretty good today as well. And I tell you what, Rory McIlroy got boat raced yesterday. Yeah, he did. He, he's one up through one today on Lonto. Two up through two uh, now. Two up through two now on Lonto. Craig, I don't Lonto know. Lonto is my pick. What, what do you think about uh, – oh, yeah, you did have him. Out of that group. Uh, what do you think about Rory switching to a new swing coach? And I mean, he's clearly searching right now. You know, Pete Cowan is supposed to be the best there is out there, and I'm sure that, that that's probably a good move going to Cowan. But but the way he got in, himself into trouble is he's trying to pick up an extra 10 yards or whatever yeah. to catch up with DeChambeau. I'm going, what are you thinking? I mean, he, he's the best driver of the golf ball. I think I heard you guys talk about yeah. I mean, why don't you spend that time yeah. on your wedge play? And that that's where that's where he was not losing just strokes. wedge plays losing strokes heavily around the green not just yeah. wedges like yeah, he's actually putted better this year yeah but because he's having his, his second best putting year on tour yeah but well, I mean, he's, he he just he can't get it close with a wedge it's unbelievable and, and it's not like he's fallen that far off I mean four top twenty finishes and six starts this year but he's missed two cuts most recent at the Players Championship also had a final round seventy six when he's in it at at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. You know, so those are disappointing uh, rounds for a guy like Roy. And then yesterday, hey, Poulter's a good match play competitor, but he hadn't been playing very good golf. I mean, uh, Poulter had just <laughs> missed two straight cuts, hadn't had a top 25 finish this season, the number 60 seed. And Rory puts it in some guy's swimming pool on number five, which I know he hit the cart path and it bounced up, but it lands at the bottom of some guy's pool, so right. that's a good souvenir for him. Yeah. But – you know, then it looks like he's starting to get back into the match. Well, then he loses his last five. He lost 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Boom, 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 boom. Match over. Yeah. At the yeah. end of 13 holes? Are you kidding me? Yeah. So so something's wrong. And I know, guys, and, and T-Dub, you, you're a lot smarter than I am about this, how hard that is to fix in two weeks before the Masters. No doubt about it. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about, the thing about Rory that, that cracks me up so much is that the theory of distance is you hit, you want more distance so you have a shorter club into the hole. But Rory hits his short clubs far further from the hole than he does a six iron. So yeah. what's the point of getting the distance if you're going to get it closer yeah. to not hit it closer? Yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. And 
I mean, that, that goes with everyone. I mean, we, we all critiqued, or at the time, we were critiquing Tiger when he left Butch and went to Haney, and we're like, why are you doing this? You were the best golfer of all time to ever play, and 2000 Tiger still is the best ever. But, I mean, Sam, we all know this. No matter how good a golf you play, you can always play better. And I think Rory got in that trap, and he was – you know, there's multiple facets to golf, and he's just looking through it through the wrong lens, in my opinion. There's, yeah. I mean, look, the guys that we mentioned, like Scott Verplank, he, like you mentioned earlier, Craig, when he was out there dealing with the elbow injury, he was the worst driver out there. He couldn't hit the fairway, and he didn't hit it very far. And so Rory's 10 times better than him off the tee, but Scott Verplank was able to get it done with, you know, putting and right. accuracy and, yeah. and um, you know, um, course management, like we saw. Uh, like Sam always likes to say, uh, boring golf is winning golf. Yeah, and so 100%. I think Rory just needs to get to that point to where it's just fairways and greens. And and when I say greens, not whenever you have 100 yards in, don't be 30 feet from the hole, be 10 feet from the hole. Yeah, and um, I was also going to ask, Deb, with all that being said about Rory and the Masters coming up here in a couple of weeks, we'll have you on again, hopefully, during Masters week or, or right before it. But who do you like early little picks for the Masters? Early favorites? Any early favorites for you, Dad? Obviously, one of my early favorites would be Justin Thomas. Even though he's getting who, who got trounced yesterday, and, and he's today. losing. He's losing today, one one down through fifteen to Kev, uh, Kevin Kevin. Oh, he's one down through fifteen. He's making a comeback then. Yeah, he was down by like four earlier. Okay, now, yeah, I'm showing one down through fifteen. No, hey, I, I, golf is in such a great spot right now with with DJ defending his Masters title that he just won in, in November. Uh, but uh, now Kepka. You know, it, with with this latest knee surgery and so forth, yeah. uh, question mark there. But but yeah, so many good young players. What was I, I? I was just reading about the you know the the match play, and they were talking about the fact that that you've had sixteen out of thirty two matches go the distance, and you had what was it? Almost is about half the field that this was their first match play. Was A it bunch 28, of guys something like that this week? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that about, this was uh, the first time that they had played in the match play. That tells you about the turnover in golf right now. Colin Morikawa became the first top five player in the world to make his debut at the match play as a top five player in the world. I think since 1999, when it, which was the inception of the event. Just a, an aside talking about how golf is so good right now. Antoine Rosner, who just beat Bryson yeah. yesterday, he wasn't even in the top 100 before he won on the European Tour in December. And, and he wasn't even in the top 100 until his second win on the European I think Tour he, I think a couple actually, weeks ago. He was 97th, I think. 97? I think 99. After, 99. After, his, after his win, after right? His or, win. After his first win. And then after his second win is when he got vaulted up high enough to get into this event Exactly. This and he was yeah. technically, analytically, the worst player in the field as far as world golf ranking goes. This week. At, this also, week. Bryson is kind of earning himself a reputation as not being a very good match play guy. I mean, you sent me a stat yesterday, yeah. Dad. One, seven, and one wow. was before today was his record in in the match play Ryder Cup and President's Cup. Bryson DeChambeau, wow. his record was one, seven, and one. It doesn't make sense. That's crazy. The, only, just, uh, the only thing I can think of, guys, I remember at the President's Cup when it was down at Royal Melbourne, that was right kind of when Bryson had started doing his bulking up thing. Yeah. So he was kind of in a body transformation. That was kind of the start of him getting big. But that doesn't still doesn't explain 2018. And also, too, he, he won the USAM. And so, I, I mean, he does have – Yes, yeah, so, professionally. Uh, we're talking yeah, professionally at this and, point. And yeah. I will say this, too. Antoine yesterday was like three or four under at the turn. I mean, it's pretty hard oh, to be – good golf. It's pretty hard to be up like by too many on that. 
that. You know well, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and it's like you mentioned, uh, Brian Harmon makes eight birdies yesterday, doesn't win. Yeah. Um, one of my picks, Louis Oosthuizen, was 16 of 17 of greens, and he lost two and one. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously he didn't putt very well, but still played good golf. I mean, so it just, you could shoot five under and lose, or you could shoot five over and win. One so. really interesting match I, I was just going to touch on real quick because my other one and done that I didn't mention earlier, Jason Day is playing Xander Schauffele this afternoon, Ooh, to too. Go. Xander's been a little off form. And, and Xander's been off form, and, and Day, obviously, has been a little off form, too, but he's had good course history here, so it's going to be a pretty good match this afternoon as well. That's yeah. just one that we didn't mention. Yeah, no doubt about and it. Good Scotty, stuff. Scotty Scheffler beat him yesterday, beat, yep. beat uh, Jason Day. Yep. I think all didn't all the Texas boys win yesterday? They Vitelli did. won, yeah. Scheffler won, or Schoff, or, uh, Scheffler won, and Spieth won. And Spieth won. And Doug, then, Gim and, Doug Gim would have won like 10 and 8. <laughs> Doug Gim would have won if he was there, <laughs> and Sergio's not a Texas guy, but he does call Austin home. That's where he lives now, so everybody with the Austin connection. So, so can he? So can he play for USA on the Ryder Cup this next year? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Cantley was another guy I was going to mention, Kobe, mm-hmm. talking about guys for the Masters. I mean, I know there's going to be a dozen of them. But, man, this guy has a pretty well-rounded game. He doesn't have many weaknesses. And a guy like that normally is going to win a major pretty soon. Yep. You would think he's he's on that list of sooner rather than later, guys. Yeah. For me. He's Cantley right is. in there with, I think. I mean, him, well, and, him and Rom, I think, would be the top two, two for me. Shoffley, too. I think, I think I'd have Shoffley. I'd have Cantley ahead of Shoffley right Cantley now. I probably would, too. I probably would, yeah. too. Even, even Disregarding world golf rankings, I, I would agree. Yeah. I, I think he's more talent, I guess, is the word to use. I'm not sure. More potential. One, one, however you want to phrase it. I'm you a know. better winner. I, I don't I, know. I just his fair. stats, I mean, are so good. Everything's just so many strokes gained above. He won his match today, too. One up. One over, up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cantley, this, Cantley's 2-0 and o now in his group. He controls his destiny. Cantley's the definition of what you say. So, hey, winning golf is winning golf, and that's what Cantley does. Last thing, then we'll wrap it up. Dad, do you want to get in on our brackets? When we, when it goes to 16, you want to do a little pizza bet between us four? I can't compete with you, no, experts. No, come on. Come on. Oh. Do a little bracket pizza bet between us four. That okay. would be pretty fun. Right, you got to fill that. out a bracket with I'll us. I'll do that. We'll, fill right. out, we'll post everyone's bracket hey, on Twitter. Way, you guys are doing such a great job. And and, and I was <laughs> a, a fan of the show long before Sam ever joined you, as you know. Uh, but But seriously... Uh, it, folks, I mean, if you're a golf fan in Oklahoma and you're not listening to these guys twice a week, you need to be. It is great, great entertainment, and they know what they're talking about. So, anyway, Craig, Craig, I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yeah, always appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely will. Uh, Craig, we appreciate you joining us today. We appreciate everybody listening. Once again, golfoklahoma.org. That's where you can find a phenomenal story Kim Cloud wrote about the Oklahoma Golf Hall of Fame class of 2021. Scott Verplank, Art Proctor, Danny Edwards, David Edwards, and Floyd Farley, get over there and check that out. We'll be back Monday to recap what takes place at the match play. Thanks for listening once again to the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. <laughs>